This is the Friday, April 14, 2023 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. USDA's kicking of the stocks can down the road did little to move the needle in the trade. Weather had the biggest influence on the market as spring planting shifted into high gear. For the week, the nearby wheat contract gained 7 cents, while the May corn contract rose 23 cents. Meal and oil moved independently of rising crude prices in the soy complex. The May soybean contract bumped up 8 cents, while the May meal contract added 5.40 per ton. May cotton retreated 34 cents per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, May class 3 milk futures dropped 28 cents. The livestock market was mixed as June cattle put up 60, or they put on 63 cents. May feeders added 250, and the June lean hog contract shed $1.30. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index lost 25 ticks. May crude oil added $1.91 per barrel. Comex gold fell 540 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs commodity index gained just over eight points to settle at 595 even. Joining us now, regular market analyst, Mr. Mark Gold. Hi, sir. How are you? Nice to be back. Good to have you here. I was talking to a friend in Oklahoma today, and we were talking about how things go. And it's the same conversation I think we have in July and August with a corner of soybean farmer that says, it's so dry around me. Why is X not happening? Right. Why is X not happening in wheat right now, Mark? Well, it did today. You know, Kansas City wheat was rallied 40 cents off its lows. Chicago rallied 25 off its lows or more. Uh, it came back and had a very powerful close here on the charts today. I, I was kind of surprised most of the week when Kansas City wheat was kind of taking it on the chin. I keep getting report after report about how bad the drought is and the yields and what's going to be plowed under and not even harvested out there. And it's, the crop is in serious shape. And Kansas City had gotten up to about $9. They'd put the July Kansas City-Chicago spread way out, maybe a little bit too high. It was close to $2. It backed off quite a bit. But long term, I don't know how you can be short Kansas City wheat. Uh, and even Chicago wheat looks like we're trying to make a little bit of a rounded bottom on the uh, charts. The market looks good. The price action today was exceptional, an outside update on the charts. So I thought it all looked good. But the stocks, lowest in eight years, right? Lowest. So there's some fundamental, there's some technical things you're talking about. Give me a little advice on on this deferred crop then for, for wheat moving forward, given what we have right now? Well, I can't say I'm bearish the wheat at all. Uh, but as a risk manager, would I throw a cheap put underneath it just to have something on? I probably would. If you've got wheat sold, I would certainly be looking at buying call options to keep the upside open in the wheat market. And we did that on, on Monday on corn and beans. I haven't quite pulled the trigger yet on the wheat, but uh, I think pretty soon here. All of them, I think, look pretty good, particularly the old crop. Corn-wise, we didn't really change the carryout number. We didn't really change this, didn't really change that. On this old crop, to the moon, Alice? Well, it's, it's in position to go to the moon. Um, we've got lower stocks. We've got this decent, pretty good Chinese buying out here. Um, we know the Argentinian crop keeps losing. Today, I think they cut it down to 32 million metric tons in the corn and 23 on the beans. I mean, it's a disaster down in Argentina. So I think ultimately, particularly in old crop, we can see some higher prices. New crop corn, 92 million acres planted. Maybe we'll lose 
500 to a million acres, 500,000 to a million acres between North Dakota and Minnesota. They're going to get some more snow in Wisconsin today or over the weekend. But I think this has been the greatest week I've ever seen in April for farmers to get out there and plant corn. And farmers love to plant corn. They love to grow corn. They love to harvest corn. And can those acres, despite what's happening in Minnesota and North Dakota, can they stay at 92 million, maybe even move higher? I think they can. I think Monday's crop progress report will show maybe one of the biggest gains for this time frame that we've ever seen. The old saying is, plant and dust, your bins will bust. bust. <laughs> There's some duds up there in the mud that you mentioned to the north. So if I'm in the middle of this, yeah. how do I plan, how do I take care of these spreads and figure out best way to protect myself or position myself in corn in December? Well, for, for new crop corn, it's a different animal. We closed right at 560, which has been the real resistance area, closed right on it. Um, would I be looking to buy a cheap put underneath it? Yeah. If anything, if there's one section of the commodity market I'm bearish on, it's new crop corn. Uh, I think the acres are going to be big. I think we're off to a great start. The weather looks pretty good. But I continue to believe that old crop corn, old crop beans will continue to gain on new crop. Talk about beans for me in the relationship to global activities on this old crop versus this new crop. Well, the old crop, we've got tightness. There's no question it could be by the time we get any new crop supplies, it could get very tight in here. Uh, we know that Argentina's had a real disaster. Meal prices are strong. When they're crushing these Argentinian beans, they're getting green oil, which people don't want. They're getting mush for meal. Uh, and the, the one surprising commodity is soy oil. I would think soy oil would be moving with the crude oil. Crude oil's had a tremendous rally. Uh, why, is the crude, the, why is the bean oil staying down here? I really don't know, but I certainly don't want to be short with the funds already short and what's happening in Argentina. Spreads, are they the biggest story in soybeans right now? I would say so. Um, this old crop can get very serious very quickly. Uh, Brazil's got a huge crop. I've been saying for the last three months, I thought it was going to be 154, 155, when people were down there at 152 and 151 and 150. I thought the rains were plenty, and I think we're seeing that. So they're going to have a huge crop but how much can they export to China? Uh, we know that the Argentinian farmers, even with this new soy dollar, they laughed at it. With the inflation they're seeing in Argentina, they just aren't selling beans. So Brazil's the game right now. They're done with harvest. We'll have to see uh, how much business the U.S. can pick up. But we're tight on beans, new crop, old crop. Let's go to livestock quickly um, because the inflationary story at the top of this broadcast yeah. Live cattle seems to be moving with inflation. Mixed signals. What's live cattle? What are they up to? Well, live cattle. <laughs> Other than the contract beef. highs. <laughs> look at box beef over 300 bucks. Um, strong demand. There just aren't the cattle out there. We've been saying that for, I don't know, four or five months anyway. And we had contract highs. We backed off in the feeders and in the fats a little bit here. It's still a matter of, you know, the slaughter has been down last week because of Easter. But... We just don't have the animals. Those 18,000 cows that blew up, you know, that's not going to, yeah, granted they're dairy cows, but eventually they'll wind up as hamburger. But we just don't need any, any more losses out here. 
But the fact of the matter is the cattle market's been incredibly strong. What's going to cool it even with lower numbers? It's going to be the demand at the grocery store. Is Mrs. Consumer going to look at hamburger and see the prices they're getting for a pound of hamburger and start cutting back? Poultry's relatively cheap. Hogs, we know, are real cheap. And there are other substitutes. So I think we're getting into a kind of a risky area here, here in the cattle. And that is one market I would be looking for protection right now. But in live, or I'm sorry, in feeder cattle, how is expansion possible when it's dry in the cattle areas? Does the, does the geography of where we're going to raise cattle change quick enough to lean into this market? You know, you put 220 and 230 on feeder cattle prices, and guys will figure out a way. I heard stories just the other day of cattle operations moving into Mississippi where they can get some feed and get, get their cows. Uh, the markets will adapt. Farmers will adapt to those prices. And, you know, are we going to see a huge shift? Of course not. But my markets go in cycles. We know that the numbers are low. We know they're not going to get better. But if you look at the spread between April cattle, June cattle, you know, April is considerably above. And I think that's telling us that comes June and August, we're going to see some more cattle out here. You said hogs were cheap. Yes. Are we going to stay that way? No. Uh, I would certainly be looking, if I was a producer and I've sold some hogs here, would I re want to reown it with call options? You bet I would. We're just too darn cheap, in my opinion. And um, I think the prices can certainly move higher. We're trying to put in a little bit of a bottom in the last two days, and hopefully that'll hold, and we can see some higher prices out here. All right, real quick, I have to slip something in about feed needs that happened during the broadcast. Uh, Leighton in Alberta asked us, he says, I'm an end user. Do I start covering fall feeds or wait until I'm closer to harvest to cover some feed needs? Well, that's really a weather question. If you think the weather is going to be great, you can wait. If there's any scare in the weather, everybody's short December corn against something else. Uh, it could really jump up and bite people on the backside. What I would do is not play that game. I'd buy some December call options out of the money, spend 20 cents, and protect yourself in case something happens. Because if there is a drought this summer, which I think is unlikely, every, like I said, everybody's short December. Uh, the funds are short now. So I would be looking to cover. All right, and I'm looking to say thank you, Mark. My pleasure. Always great to be here. Good to see you. All right. We are going to continue this analysis, but we're going to pause it right now. We're going to change it and call it Market Plus. And that is a different segment. You can find both the analysis and the plus on our website of markettomarket.org. By the way, these resources, they are free. Our Instagram feed was busy this week with spring field work and planting. Keep an eye on the work by following us at Market to Market Show. Next week, we look at how water quality remains a challenge for Iowa utilities as well as farmers. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week.